Listeners, I'm Alistair Bridge, and this is episode two of Unlocked World. And let me tell you, the feedback from episode one has been wonderful. An old school friend, Peter has got in touch to say, didn't know you'd been to Colombo, old boy. I went there with the old cricket tour, and let me tell you, some of those Lankan girls go... (laughs) Uh, That was probably intended uh, to be more of a private comment. Uh, Robert Walker from RW Printer Supplies Blackheath says... Alistair, if you'd wanted toner or cartridges, you should have just come to me. I can sort you out with a very reasonable price. No need to go all the way to Colombo. And given my previous experiences there, I'm inclined to agree with Mr. Walker. Destiny May says, Hello, sexy, loving the pics. I have a private... Once again, I may be locked down, Destiny, but I think I can still tell spam from genuine messages, so that one is going straight into the recycled bin. Anywho, uh, my lockdown continues, but as ever, my spirit is undimmed as I take another look into my archives to transport you, dear listeners, to a far-flung land. And today, I will be reading a piece which was rejected for publication due to some perceived, and might I say, entirely unfounded concerns around funding and impartiality. Today, we will be travelling east to the capital of Belarus, Minsk. This is a complimentary piece of music from Free Sound Effects Library. For the full track, please go to freesoundeffectslibrary.net. Some of my more, to put it charitably, misguided or to spare the bush of beating mendacious colleagues in the journalistic profession, have called Belarus the last dictatorship in Europe. Some of them have thrown around terms like barbarism, referring to its retention of the death penalty. And to those colleagues, I say two things. Firstly, perhaps you should take a look a little closer to home when labelling things as barbaric. After all, I have read some of your son's incident reports from the head of house at Harrow, and they do not make pretty reading. And second of all, if the death penalty is what it takes for one to have as pleasant a time in a city as I did in Minsk, then set the carpenter to work on the gallows right away. When Julie, my PA, first read me the Belarusian Tourism Board's invitation for an all-expenses-paid trip to Minsk, I was quite rightly sceptical. After all, the only Belarusian I had heard of was Victoria Azarenka, and beyond her balletic mastery of the tennis court and Belarus's status as the unfortunate nation downwind of Chernobyl, I had assumed that the sum contribution of Belarus to global culture was some accordion-humping peasants bouncing around in funny shirts. How wrong I was! The shirts are delightfully woven, and the folk music of Belarus is compelling. This is a complimentary piece of music from Free Sound Effects Library. For the full track, please go to freesoundeffectslibrary.net. I accepted the offer, of course, as who would turn down a free holiday, and indeed, in many ways, it is my job. I arrive in Minsk National Airport on a balmy July day and am quickly picked out of the throng of new arrivals in the airport by my guide, Vitaly, who greets me warmly and ushers me to a waiting car. 
Driving from the terminal, I was struck by how the airport was a stylish mix of modern steel and glass with striking brutalist features in homage to the country's Soviet past. Certainly not the wattle and daub atrocity that I had been anticipating. Vitaly, a charming man in his late twenties, whose smart, tailored suit does much to accentuate his toned physique, is quick to lay down a few ground rules in the car. First and foremost, that I must remain with him at all times. Our hotel, he tells me, have provided us with adjoining rooms in their penthouse suite, and that he will be at my beck and call to facilitate whatever, and he is keen to uh, emphasise this, whatever, I may wish to do. As we speed down the M2 into central Minsk, I idly take another look at Vitaly. He has a blinking, Bluetooth earpiece which directs my eyes down to his visceral neck tattoo, of which I shall be providing no further detail. After a pleasant, incident-free drive, we arrive at the Europe Hotel on Vulika Internationalnaya. It is an imposing building, which welcomes you in with a vast, airy, seven-storey atrium. At the check-in desk, Vitaly, of course, does the talking, agitatedly, in Belarusian. There appears to have been some disagreement. Perhaps I have been assigned the wrong room. Turning to me, Vitaly explains that there has indeed been a mix-up, but ushers me into the lounge bar, promising that he will ensure that this is sorted out as soon as possible. He sees me seated, cracks his knuckles, and returns, presumably, to the check-in desk. I have not had a chance to consider my drink choice before the barman has brought me a magnum of Verve Clicquot, compliments of Mr. Lukashenko himself, he informs me. I latterly learn that Alexander Lukashenko is the president of Belarus, and has been since 1995. Clearly a popular man at the ballot box. The barman pours me a glass, bows and returns to the bar. Not wishing to offend and being rather partial to champagne, I raise my glass and give him a hearty hurrah, which my phrasebook reliably informs me is the Belarusian for cheers. He smiles so widely it is almost as if his whole face is being pulled taut on his skull by an unseen hand. Presently, Vitaly returns from the check-in desk. He seems a little flushed, but I care little, as he is flanked by two young ladies, who I am introduced to as Masha and Ira. Masha and Irochka have been dying to meet you, intones Vitaly. Irochka in particular, she has been reading your work and finds it, how do you English say, unputdownable. Unputdownable, I quiz, charmingly, kissing her proffered hand. Yes, you are a consummate wordsmith, Mr. Bridge, she purrs. The barman brings us a further three glasses, and Vitaly and the girls seat themselves at my table. Tomorrow we shall visit Gorky Park and take a boat out on the Svislak, says Vitaly. I mentioned that I had thought that Gorky Park was in Moscow. It is, but it is better in Minsk, he booms. Everything is better in Minsk, says Masha, fixing me with a penetrating gaze that makes me a little hot under the collar, I don't mind telling you. Tomorrow we shall do these things, says Vitaly. But tonight, we drink. With this, the barman leaves the bar, draws a cordon across the entrance to the lounge and exits the room. Vitaly stands and finishes his champagne before going behind the bar and beginning to mix some very strong drinks. As he does this, Masha's hand rests on my leg. The drinks flow and so does the conversation. Masha and Ira are the most charming company and do seem overwhelmed by my reputation, if the number of pictures they insist we pose for is any indication. 
I would have thought this would irritate Vitaly somewhat, but on the contrary, he is happy to oblige, even having brought a special camera for the purpose. Afternoon becomes evening, and evening blends seamlessly into night, at which point we finish our drinks and go to our respective rooms, and nothing further happens. Anyone who says that anything further happened is a liar, and anyone who claims to have evidence is worse a fraud and a liar. <laughs> At 8am, Vitalia arrives in my room, for which he appears to have a key, and declares that it is time for breakfast. I half expect him to hand me a large bottle of vodka with a cheeky wink, but he does not, and instead instructs me to dress and meet him in the restaurant, and I must admit to being a little disappointed. At breakfast, we are treated to pumpkin pancakes with sour cream and rocket. And, after Vitaly has perhaps noticed my somewhat plaintive glances towards the bar, a freshly cracked bottle of vodka. Once again, he proves very personable company, seemingly unaffected by the hangover which is afflicting me, and is keen to hear more about me and my life, and he asks me first about my schooling. I mention that I happen to have shared a dorm with some of the political movers and shakers of today, and he seems unsurprised, perhaps already having surmised that I had one of the finest educations that money can buy. He smiles a broad smile and asks me to tell him more. After breakfast, we take a walk through Gorky Park. Vitaly has arranged for us to take a bottle of vodka from the bar, for which I do not believe we have paid, and he allows me to retain stewardship of the bottle. It is a beautiful day, the kind on which one would expect the park to be teeming with visitors, sunning themselves and playing games, but the park is all but deserted. I ask Vitaly about this, and he informs me that it has been closed to visitors just for us, under the orders of Mr Lukashenko. At this point, I am unfamiliar with the name and ask who he is, and I am told that he is a friend. The best friend you could have, if you want him to be, Vitaly adds after some time. I raise the bottle to my lips and drink deeply. I remark that if this is how my friends back home treated me, I may not spend so much of my time travelling the world. He laughs loudly and slaps me on the back before saying that his government and I will be very good friends indeed. We walk through the park up to the bank of the Svislak, the river which snakes through Minsk, where there is a little rowing boat waiting for us. The boat is guarded by a blank-looking man in dark glasses who, upon sighting Vitaly, bows and hands him command of the boat. We row along the river, taking in the sights on the shoreline. We pass the House Museum of the First Congress of the Russian Social Democratic Labour Party. And many other sights. There is a small island which catches my eye, and I ask what it is called. Vitaly tells me that it is the Island of Tears. On its shores, I notice a man with a telephoto lens pointing at us. Clearly, my work is better known in Belarus than I could possibly have imagined. In the very middle of the river, Vitaly proposes a toast, and we both take it in turns to have large hits from the vodka bottle. Conversation again turns to my schooling, and I tell Vitaly an amusing story, which I shan't recount in full here, about one of my school friends who now holds very high office indeed, and a teenage indiscretion involving and Vitaly laughs loudly extremely loudly, louder than perhaps the calibre of the anecdote, though it is a superb anecdote, would perhaps merit. His laugh echoes off the riverbank and then abruptly stops as he touches his Bluetooth earpiece and begins speaking animatedly in Belarusian. Finally, he says, tack, and turns to me. Unfortunately, an event has happened and you must return home now. Your bags are en route to the airport.
He turns to remove a cover at the rear of the boat, which reveals an outboard engine. He pulls the cord, and we are quickly racing towards the shoreline where there is a waiting car. It has been a pleasure, Mr. Bridge, and remember, you will always have a friend here in Belarus, says Vitaly, embracing me warmly. Intuitively deciphering my expressions, he assures me that I can keep the remainder of the bottle for the drive back to the airport. Arriving at baggage claim in London, I am surprised to discover that an extra bag has been checked in in my name. I won't bore you by describing the contents of the bag. Suffice to say that my new Rolls-Royce is treating me very well indeed, thank you very much. Well, that was Minsk, and that was Belarus, a country that I will not hear a word against. Uh, please do feel free to like and subscribe and leave a review on your chosen podcast app. Uh, one final call out, if anyone does know a royalty-free music website that I would be able to use, I still am dying to find one. Uh, in the meantime, I have been Alistair Bridge and this has been Unlocked World. Until the next time, goodbye. This is a complimentary piece of music from Free Sound Effects Library. Unlocked World was an Alistair Bridge production. You can donate to the Alistair Bridge Legal Defence Fund at gofundme.com. complimentary piece of music from Free Sound Effects Library. For the full track, please go to freesoundeffectslibrary.org.